Holy crap. What a difference 48 hours makes. Whew. Man. This has been a crazy week in Bay Area sports. And I'm glad you're here. Tuning into the Goldcast. Because I'm going to talk about it right now. But before we get started, of course, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube.com slash The Goldcast, Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, comment, comment on YouTube. That's pretty much where everyone comments. We like to read, we like to read aloud listener comments. So if you have something to say, that's where you place it. All right. So today, we're going to get into it. Warriors, Rockets, Game 5. A game that I felt pretty confident we were going to win the morning of. But of course, everything changed after KD got hurt. I had to wait. I actually wanted to wait. I was going to post, post something last night, right after the game. But with KD going down, I was like, I have to wait. I have to see what this is going to be so that I can address it on the gold cast. And we have the news, and we're going to talk about it right after the intro. So let's get to it. Rudy Solis is here, your professor of fanalism. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the gold cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay and your number one source for hubcaps for the Lexus 300 ES from 1999. We are the place to be. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is you. Raymond Solis I will be back. Just came down to some scheduling stuff, so I am here. You've got me. The pretty one, the Latino Lando. He's in the house. He's in the building, ready to make this happen. Let's go. All right. So I woke up yesterday morning, and I just had that feeling that the Warriors were going to win. And I got all the text messages from all the haters. When you live in Los Angeles, I've mentioned this before, when you live in Los Angeles, you deal with a lot of hate. You deal with a lot of people giving you a hard time. And I'll be honest, nothing drives me more nuts than when I have to hear a Lakers fan give me crap. As if the Lakers haven't stacked the decks in their favor a million times. And I love the Lakers. I feel like I already said this to you guys. I'm pretty sure I did. But I just continually hear crap from them. So it, it, it doesn't end. So I got to hear it from them. I got to hear it from everybody. Oh, Golden State fan. Oh, oh, don't tell me you're a Golden State fan. To which I tell people, well, I'm from San Francisco. So and sometimes people go, oh, are you watching the NBA playoffs? This is at my job where I bartend at. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm watching the NBA playoffs. They go, who are you rooting for? And I always just say the same thing. Well, I'm from San Francisco. And they go, oh, you're a Golden State fan. Oh, don't tell me you're a Golden State fan. Well, I'm not a Sacramento Kings fan. So anyways, I'm hearing crap all day. I got people telling me, hey, man, I don't, I think your boys are done tonight, man. Oh, I think they're going to go down 3-2. I was like, look, nobody has beaten anyone on the road yet. And I have full confidence that we're going to win. I know after the game, I think I said, after game four, I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. But then I calmed down the next day and I was like, I know it's going to happen. 
We're going to win. We're going to win the game. That's what's going to happen. There was just no doubt in my mind. And it was a great game. Warriors had a huge lead, and then they lost the huge lead. And some some Golden State fans reached out to me and said they were really bothered by that. I, I don't know about you guys. I fully expect them to lose that lead. They're playing arguably the second best team in the conference, in the league, arguably. Uh, you know, we'll see where Milwaukee stands uh, if they get to the West. If they get to the finals, we'll see how they fare against the Western Conference. But we are talking about a team that arguably could be us. That could have that had we not existed, could have won back to back championships or on the way to winning back to back championships this year if we didn't exist. But unfortunately, we do. It's not their time. It's not your time, Houston. Anyways, but I digress. So during the game, everything's looking good. I've got no issues. Then, of course, KD goes down. And everyone's saying it's Achilles. And it, he just didn't look that hurt. I mean, obviously, it was enough that he had to walk off the court. And it was enough that he couldn't come back in the game. But if it was something like his Achilles, I just I felt like in that moment... we. It would, have, it would have been far more painful. And he didn't look that hurt. And having said that, what happened? What happened in the fourth? Steph Curry, Clay, everyone comes alive. The team comes alive. The, the, the thing with this team is that they're so selfless, it's almost to a fault, right? So KD has just been this playoff monster this year. His confidence level, he's come into his own. And he is really finding I feel like he's in his LeBron James second year with the heat moment where like he really started to become LeBron James you know he started to truly embody what it meant to be quote-unquote I roll the king like he started to embody that I feel like that's that is where KD is right now it's that moment it's that moment when Neo turns around in the matrix a movie that came out 20 years ago now I can't believe it's been that long. Some of you listening to this gold cast might have been like not even born. <laughs> so there's a, there's a great scene. It's my favorite scene. And I, I, t- I think it's a perfect uh, metaphor for these moments with athletes, performers, artists. They have the, the, Neo, the Neo is the one scene. So there's the scene where Neo runs out of the subway and he runs up to the stairs and Agent Smith comes out of the subway train and Neo stops because he can, he can run up the stairs right now and probably escape Agent Smith. But he stops and he turns around and he decides he's going to fight Agent Smith. And no one, no one from the Matrix has ever done No human's ever done it. And then Trinity's, Trinity says something like, you know, what's he doing? And then uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus, Morpheus says, he's beginning to believe. And that's the moment, right? It's like, no, I'm not going to run away from Agent Smith. I'm going to take him down because I'm the one. And I feel like we were starting to see that with KD, his, his Neo moment, his Neo versus Agent Smith, his Neo is the one moment where slowly but surely he was looking at his superpowers and beginning to believe that he was the best. And he is the best. I think he's the best. I think there's no question. KD is the best basketball player in the world right now. There's no question. No question whatsoever. But the Warriors are so selfless that they kind of just been getting out of his way. And I think there's been a little bit of 
slumping. I think some of the slumping has been a little psychological. I heard some people say this, and I'll be honest. I thought they were crazy. I was like, you're out of your mind. This is bullshit. No, he's Steph's just going through a slump. It has nothing to do with KD. I think people are just reading way too into this. But I'll be honest, I kind of think it might have been true. It might have actually been true. Seeing the way Steph and Clay and the team kind of just rose up and, you know, obviously got away from the iso ball, it made me think maybe there's some truth to this. Maybe, maybe KD, maybe KD's, you know, ascension into this next level, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, disrupted the flow a little bit of the Warriors and, and in a way that the Warriors were kind of just just letting him have his NBA playoff moment after moment after moment, kind of just deferring to him and forgetting a little bit about what made them so great because they were witnessing great. We're all witnessing greatness right now. Greatness at the at the highest level of basketball. We're watching Kevin Durant. We've watched him for the last several years become and transform and embody the potential that we all believed he had and really taking it to a level that we've only seen like LeBron James do. So I do think there is some truth to this this idea that maybe maybe Steph and Clay were deferring a little bit and maybe that deferring led to some like, you know, subconsciously they're, you know, not playing with the same edge because you got KD. This team is so selfless. They're not the kind of team that's going to you know, they, like I said, to a fault, they step out of their own ways, almost to a fault. And then when you see the way the team rallied, that was the thing, the way they rallied after KD went down, it showed you just how badass this team, and I love what, how badass this team is. And I love what Steve Kerr said after the game. He said, the Warriors are fucking giants. And then apologized to his mom. I'm going to apologize to my mom. She never listens to the gold cast, but maybe if she hears this episode, I'm sorry. And to all your kids, I apologize. He said they're effing giants. And I love that. I love that because that was a game that they could have let slip away, but they didn't. They rallied. They fought hard. They made it happen. And they stuck to it. And they defeated the Rockets at home without KD. Now, here's some fun facts for you guys. Without KD in the lineup, when Steph is in charge... The Warriors are 29-4. and four. So, let's not get too worried. I'm actually, honestly, strangely confident. I will say this. This is what I predicted before the series started, and so far it has come to pass. Before the series started, I believed uh, we would win the first two. The Rockets would win the next two. We would win game five. They would win game six. We would win game seven. End of the series. And I still think that's exactly what's going to happen. I still do. War- Rockets, for sure, are going to win game six. Just just mark it. If they don't, if the Warriors actually do pull this off, and I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I, I, just, I just think right now both these teams are just too hard to defeat uh, on the road. Both of them. They're just... The, the refs are in their favor. You've got the crowd behind them. The, the, the style that these guys play, it, it just becomes, it's just so difficult to win on the road for both these teams. And I just think the, the crowds and, you know, we talked about this, the way they play in, you know, home field advantage is a real thing. It's a real thing in football and it's a, it's a 1000% real thing in basketball. So you can count it. We're definitely losing game six. And if we win it, man, 
I mean, all the glory to the Warrior fans, all the glory to Dub Nation. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, sports gods. And the Warriors are, there is nothing stopping the Warriors. If, if we win on Friday, if we actually pull that off, I'm contemplating it now. If we actually pull that off, I'm telling you right now, this is, this is a wrap. This is a total wrap. The thing that concerns me, obviously, is going forward, though. You know, it looks like maybe KD might be back within one to two weeks. Next week starts the Western Conference Finals. So that's that's a quick turnaround. That's a very quick turnaround. So we'll see. He's definitely out for the rest of this Rockets series. And if we didn't have home field advantage, I would be terrified. But I think at home, Game 7, they can make this happen. You know, our team is pretty thin, but so is theirs. I mean, we're you're really looking at rotations of, I don't know, you're looking at like seven, eight guys at the most for both teams. And I just think this team is capable of doing it at home. But we'll see. Either way, crushing, crushing loss, epic game. And I'm confident. I'm confident. You got to let me know in the YouTube comments. Tell me guys what you think. Are you guys confident? How do you feel? How do you feel about game seven? You know, what's your thoughts? Because I am strangely confident, maybe foolishly confident. Truly, maybe foolishly confident. Who knows? My bad. But... We gonna see. All right, so let's move on. So Dub Nation, let's put our gold, beautiful, legacy 49er jackets, the chalk line, the classic 49er chalk line jackets on. Let's put these babies on. And let's talk about some Niner news because there was a really good one. A really good one. So I don't know if you guys heard, but on Matt Mayoko's 49ers Insider Podcast, which I subscribe to, I like it. Um, I'm pretty sure almost everybody on here that's listening to me subscribes to the Matt Mayoko podcast. Matt Mayoko had on Matt Miller, the guy who put out the Bleacher Report um, article that said that the uh, that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, there was friction between them, and uh, there was friction in that front office. He He brought on Matt Miller to discuss it. And the thing about Matt Mayoko... As I've mentioned before, the Goldcast has made no secrets about our alliances and our rivalries with uh, the 49ers media. Matt Mayoko is, he, he's legit. He's one of the good guys. I really like Matt Mayoko. And when I say he's one of the good guys, I mean that he's just, you know, he's really vanilla. He's really vanilla. You know, he's no flash, no, not, you know, he's not bombastic. He's not a hot take kind of guy. But he just kind of gives it to you straight. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that about him. Like with his articles and when he talks, he's just a straight shooter. I kind of like, I think of him as, he's like the Mr. Rogers of like, you know, beat writers. He's like the Mr. Rogers of beat writers, you know, and he's just sitting there and, you know, he's sitting by the bay and it's a lovely day in the neighborhood and he's putting on his, uh, his little sneakers and taking off his blazer, putting on his little sweater vest, and off he goes to do his 49ers Insider Podcast. He really should, that should be like, it should be the Mr. Rogers song, some sort of variation on that when, when his podcast starts. That's what he should do. Anyways, he brought on Matt Miller, and they had a conversation about the whole the whole thing, the whole, this friction between them. Now, Matt Miller was very... He was very forthcoming. He started off by saying he was a huge Niner fan. He wanted to quell any, 
idea that, you know, he didn't like the 49ers or had it in for the 49ers. He grew up, the first game he ever saw was 1989, 49ers versus the Broncos in the Super Bowl. And he really made a point of it to emphasize that, you know, he grew up a Niners fan and this is the team that he's rooted for his whole life and he wants them to succeed even now. And so he was very clear on that and then said that he really looked up to Matt Mayoko, which was interesting. You know what was really interesting? If you haven't heard it, and you'll know it if you've heard it, after Matt Miller says, it's an honor to be on your podcast, and you know I've, I've looked up to you, and yada, 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 Matt Mayoko never says thank you. Maybe he did, and they just edited it out, but like he kind of just ignored it and kept going. I thought that was so weird. I was like, what's that about? Is, is there like... What's that about? I like I couldn't even tell you what what I thought that was about. I really had a lot of trouble distinguishing the complete him just completely ignoring that Matt Miller said, "Hey, you know, it's an honor to be on your podcast. It's an honor to be here. You know, I've looked up to you for a long time." I just thought that was that was super weird. He didn't even say thank you. Like, oh well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. That's that's really nice of you. There was nothing. There was no acknowledgement of it, and I couldn't tell. I was like, is this just Matt Mayoko's humility at like the umpteenth level? Or is he, like, ignoring it for some other reason? I don't know. But check this out. This is what I thought was super dope. Matt Mayoko, kind of in, in the most Matt, Matt Mayoko way he could, which is as vanilla as possible. It's very unaggressive. But for Matt Mayoko, he kind of he put him under, under the interrogation lamp and, and really, really kind of went at him. Again, this is Matt Mayoko. So this is, you know, he's not... He's not super aggressive. He's not he's not like Stephen A. Smith. He was very, you know, he was very forthright in his conversation and his questioning, but he was also very polite and wasn't aggressive. But for Matt Mayoko, I was like, damn boy, get that. Yeah, you better defend them, 49ers. And he he said he hadn't seen or heard anything like that. He said, you know, he mentioned their wives hang out and that they, you know, they, they go to dinner and that these guys really work in unison. And he said, you know, if there's any tension, he would assume there is. And that's probably a good thing. And I agree too. It's, I think there should be some fighting and arguing. Th- these guys have big egos. They're very intelligent and they want to win at the highest level with this organization. And I would actually be a little disappointed if there weren't some fights about who they should draft or fights on how the direction of this go. Not like knockdown, drag out disparity, but, but arguments about like passion arguments about what they should do. You know, and, and, you know, maybe differences in opinion. That's okay. The more variety that you have from intelligent minds, the more solutions come to the surface. So I had no issue with that. But I did really like that Matt Mayoko did defend what he had heard. And he didn't, I'm not going to say he shut down Matt Miller, but he was definitely saying he hadn't really seen that. And when, and when Matt Miller got off the, off the phone uh, uh, Matt's, uh, Mayoko's other host, whose name, oh man, forgive me. Sorry. I, I know you don't listen to this podcast. It's cool. She, she came on and, and they basically were like, we think this isn't true. They just were like dismissed it completely. And they're like, yeah, we don't think this is true. So that was the end of that. It's pretty good. You, you should listen to it. I did appreciate hearing it. And it did make me feel like, all right, I think, I think Mayoko's right. He's there every day. He's there all the time. So I think he's right. But I will say again, and we had some listener comments. I'll, I'll pull them up next week. I will say again, I, I did think this was a really weird draft. 
and uh, Jalen Hurd seems really confident. Debo Samuel seems really confident. The the press is really pushing Jalen Hurd, really pushing. He's talking about how he feels he's a very versatile player and he can do anything. And the 49ers brass seem to be really pushing that narrative. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to stay optimistic. Next up, Jimmy G was on the 49 on ESPN and they were talking to him, talking about, you know, his road to recovery. He talked about how he reached out to Tom Brady and how he is, you know, this was a really tough year and that what he was doing on the sidelines oftentimes was watching the scenarios that the 49ers were in and then trying to decide what he would want to run and then also what he thinks Kyle would want to run. And he said he did that all year and that it was really interesting because he was trying to kind of sync his brain with Kyle's as far as plays and what they would want to do and just kind of mentally coaching himself through the playbook as the season went on, which I thought was fascinating. And then they went on, they had this big panel discussion about the 49ers. And it's interesting. They're basically saying everything that we've been saying, right? That this is, this is a year where things just have to start coming together. We're in our third year. The 49ers have been just riddled with injuries, right? For two straight seasons. But this this has to be the year where they figure this out. You know, they've obviously addressed the injury uh, issues with the new sports uh, strength and conditioning coach that comes from hockey. And this really has to be the year. Now, as I've said a billion times on this podcast, I think eight and eight works for me. I don't need it to be more than eight and eight. I, I don't know if we're capable of that. I don't know. We've got a Seattle Seahawks that have rebooted, gotten younger, and stayed as competitive as they've always been. You've got the Rams who are still on top, and I don't care about Arizona. Are we really scared of Arizona? Please, give me a break. I could care less. The Rams, I think, are really going to regress. I really think that. I really think that Jared Goff is going to enter his his 2014 Colin Kaepernick year, where Cap really started to get figured out, and he really it really became obvious where his holes were, where his flaws you know, his, his, obviously his, his first read issues, staring down wide receivers. And it just became obvious, like what he couldn't do and defenses exposed him. I think it became pretty obvious towards the end of the season, what the Rams weren't capable of doing, just kind of how one dimensional they can be. And I don't think Jared Goff has what it takes to really take it to the next level. Now our, you know, our guest host, Louis B, I'm sure he'd disagree with me, but who cares? This is my podcast. This isn't his podcast. So that's the truth. I think I, I do think he's going to regress. I think there's you are going to see definitely a regression. Do they stay on top? I think the team is still good enough to probably stay on top. Do we are we good enough to take out Seattle and grab that second seed in the NFC West? The second, yeah, the second seed there, or second place. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I thought that was interesting. And then the last thing. Now this one I don't like at all. So you guys, t- I'm going to just tell you guys straight up. I don't like this at all. They're saying the 49ers are going to be on hard knocks. Are you kidding me? I don't want the 49ers on hard knocks. Do you guys want the 49ers on hard knocks? Maybe you do. I'll tell you why I don't want them on hard knocks. I just don't want the distraction. I just don't want the, the distraction in any way, shape, or form. Like, get the camera crews out. There's enough cameras on these teams. L- let's just focus on football. We've got a lot of new guys. We have a really exciting opportunity in front of us to take this to the next level. I don't see the reason for us to be on hard knocks. And so I don't even know if you guys know this, but 
do you know that their HBO has these rules to be on Hard Knocks? I had no idea. I'd never heard of this before. I've only seen Hard Knocks. I've probably only seen like a couple episodes. I saw a couple episodes, I think, last year when the Browns were on it and uh, Jarvis Landry's whole bless him thing, which if you haven't seen it, you should see. I think that's like the first or second episode where he's just saying, bless him, bless him. That was the funniest thing. Me and my fantasy league, we said that all year. I had Jarvis Landry and we just, we would say it all year. It was too funny. But other than that, I'm, I'm not into it, but here are the rules. So let's talk about the rules for, to be on hard knocks. So to be on hard knocks, you have to have a returning head coach. You have to have not been in the playoffs for two years. There might be some other requirements, but those are the two main requirements. Do you really want to see the 49ers on Hard Knocks? Let me know. Let me know in the, the YouTube comments. Do you really want to see us on Hard Knocks? I I do not. I do not at all. I could care less. I could really honestly care less. I don't need cameras falling around the 49ers. Now, if they are on Hard Knocks, you better believe them. Watch every single episode. We're going to talk about it right here. But having said that, we don't, we don't need to be on Hard Knocks. Not that big of a deal. But if we do... If we do, I'll I'll put together a cool after show and we'll we'll talk about it. But that's my take on it. So your mission, Goldcast Nation, if you choose to accept it. I want to know a couple things. Do you believe the Warriors can take game seven at home without KD? That's number one. Number two, do you believe the 49ers, or do you think it's a good idea the 49ers should be on hard knocks? And then last, do you believe there's friction between John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan? I don't. I really don't. And if uh, that draft's any indication, maybe there needs to be a little bit more friction. That's all I got to say. All right. You can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis3. You can find me on Twitter at Rudy Solis3. R-D. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. And your number one source for hubcaps for the Lexus 300ES from 1999. I'm your host, Rudy III. And with me is you. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast channel. This is, this is the Gold Cast.